going on? This is Didi Sweets, host of the Right Man Child podcast, All Around Goofball. And you're now tuned in to one of the baddest mother truckers on the planet. Yes, I said that because it's true. Would I lie to you? Well, depending on who you are. But anyway, you are now tuned in to BJ and change the subject. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You have reached episode number 23. Or is it 24? I never know. So we're just going to say a brand new episode of Change the Subject. I have a guest today, and this is the very first guest of 2020. And this is somebody that is near and dear to my heart. And we're getting ready to talk. This is not a structured conversation because this is going to be me talking to my sister about what I'm personally going through. And I believe that she's going to expound and bring about a certain awareness to some of the things that i have on my heart tonight because we are recording at 10 o'clock p.m but um i have my sister dem chakras from the dem chakras podcast on change the subject what's going on girl peace and blessings are to you, you alive i i am it's late <laughs> it is late it is late but i'm so so very happy to have you this is um the second time we've actually um, came together on my platform because the very first time was for teaching how to love you better right when she was smacking us all upside our head about <laughs> shadow work but um how you been how you been doing since the year has so well started so far i am really fed up with this year already like i don't know me if it's too just like jesus the people like i keep saying like this year is just like the year where people just ain't taking no shit and it's showing like it's yeah, yeah it's really showing and i'm i think that my level of patience is really thin right now mm-hmm. and it's starting to reflect in my behavior so i need to check myself yeah that's kind of exactly where i am because now when it when it comes to the very first 5 days of the new year we're like recharged and full mm-hmm. of energy and then I think for most people, because I'm not going to say this is for us, because we've have we have a consistent communication and I can tell that our energies haven't really changed. Right. But now that we're like going into like the maybe the first 15 days, it's almost like other people are realizing, OK, ain't much about my life from year to year is going to change. So now it's like they're right back to the bullshit. Yep. And it's like, it's so draining to know that literally like every 30 seconds, like nigga, shut up. Or like, (laughs) I don't want to hear it. Or I just be walking away from people in the mid sentence. Cause I just, I can't deal. I can't deal with the lies. I can't deal with just like people stunting. Like it, all of it is just really, really annoying. It's aggravating because it's not like, it's not really healthy at all sense. It's still almost saying, and this is what I'm taking from the the lightweight, you know, cockiness or the flexing that people are still doing. It's like, I still need to be fed. I still need yeah. to be seen, heard. Like, it's, it's still a longing there. And we trying to nourish those mm-hmm. things in positive ways. So I think it's just a disposition of still seeing those same people that you even care about. It's like, y'all still on last year. Yep. Y'all still yep. on That's last exactly year. That's exactly what it is. Yep. But we are here. And um, the reason why I enjoy 
our just our relationship period is because um there was a point where i was stuck in the last year mentalities um that just kept showing up year after year and then you came you know and um i look at our relationship and how we communicate we can we can feel each other and that is not something that you commonly run across because I definitely don't have this relationship with too many people, but I noticed that like it's moments when you show up when I'm at my lowest or at my worst. And these, this conversation today is one of those moments where I'm trying to fight off those energies. And I think that you are about to, you know, really unravel it and school me to some things that I don't know because you have a way of doing that. You really do. So we going to say that for like maybe 10 quick minutes because you know as we do on change the subject we get straight into it with the segment that we call QA and A. I want to ask you a couple of questions just to start the night off see if we can unwind a little bit because it's like a a certain mood to this conversation that I don't want to overwhelm the listener. So we're just going to ask a couple of icebreaker questions just to get the conversation started. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So Question number one is, what's the weirdest thing that you do when no one is looking? Um, I think it's that I talk to myself. Like, I address myself as Christian. And it's, it is, it's really weird. Because it'll be things that I know damn well, like, maybe I shouldn't be doing or what I did was weird. And I'm almost, like, disciplining myself. Like, Christian, you knew that was wrong. Like, Christian, right, why would you right. say that? And really, like, talking to myself, like, back and answering myself. And, yeah, like, the people who have caught me or have had me, like, who are you talking to? Like, me. Yeah. Yeah, that's me, too. Because, you know, the thing that I'm starting to apply to the idea of that weird thing that I do, because I do that as well. One of the things that I want to assure people when they think they're weird for talking to themselves that means that you trust yourself. Yep. So in those moments of realizing that when something drastic or something traumatic even happens and the first person you go to is yourself, mm-hmm. that means that the answers lie within you. Yep. You know, so that's that's one of the things that I've somewhat applied to some of the new theories of things that I think because I used to always like be uncomfortable when somebody catch me talking to myself. You know, so now when they say, like, who are you talking to? Oh, no, I'm just affirming myself that I trust myself yep. enough to make a decision that I'm kind of pondering over right now. So I'll be like, it's just me checking me. Yeah. 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 So I'm on that same page. All right. So number two is name five men, celebrity or otherwise, you think of when you hear the word pregnant. Um, it's so many. <laughs> oh my god because i want to get so many men pregnant um christian from trapping healthy i've wanted to get him pregnant for a long time i just think he'll be a really good single father um it was chris brown for a minute but i found out he got a coke habit and i'm like no um meek mill i just recently started like listening listening to him yeah he would be a really good single father big shine so that's three um, Barack Obama, because he a little bit fine, <laughs> and I'm gonna just throw a white man in there just for shits and giggles. Um, 
Uh, Alex Trebek from Nigga. Jeopardy because he's like <laughs> really intelligent and just he just seems really calm and just like a really all around kind gentleman and I could just see him like fathering our little like mixed baby and like I just check on it every now and then and um, you know come visit it because I don't know if it's going to be a boy or girl um, but he would be really pretty pregnant I think at his old age going yeah. do you do you realize that like Alex Trebek technically reads his questions off the screen it's just his persona like i feel like even if he's not being real about it it's just the way he portrays his stuff i'm gonna let you if that's a lie we need to live in it for the rest of our lives until Alex goes. all right i'm gonna let you have that one (laughs) all right so number three is which is more important the toothpaste or the mouthwash the toothpaste why you say that because I use fluoride-free toothpaste. Um, fluoride is not good for your um, brain activity. So I find that it's easier to find fluoride-free mouthwash than it is fluoride-free toothpaste. So when you find a good fluoride-free toothpaste, just stick with it. Oh, all right. I would have never thought that. <laughs> all right. So number four is tell me one thing that you believe should be incorporated in a sexual relationship that has nothing to do with the act. Hmm. Trust. Mm, mm, mm. That is very true. I, I can I can see that. I can see that. So you think that for most people who have interactions that way, we go into it without trust most of the time? Yeah, we go into it with lust off the off rip like off rip yeah again like five minutes into a conversation you're like i'm a fucker or you know like i'm fucking you don't really care about nothing else they got going on like you know and to be honest if only five minutes of interaction is the only thing that you have before you end up sleeping with that person you go based off of that so there's no trust that's built so i feel like more trust is needed because once you orgasm you have an out-of-body experience even if it's just for a few seconds you mm-hmm. have to know that you're trusting somebody with that out-of-body experience and when you come to you're not in any type of danger oh right true shit true shit mm, that's an ill way of looking at it okay yeah. all right all right so number five we are on number five what is the most unattractive thing a woman can do that misrepresents the gender um take advantage of the fact that it's really easy for us to be the victim so people play up on that like anytime like she could be wrong she could be dead ass wrong about something but because she's a woman if she starts crying or if she yells loud enough or you know cries rape and that's the extreme um very little was looked into after that. It's just kind of like, oh, shit, she a woman, she crying. You know, let's just fix it. And wow. I guess either wow. get her to shut up or, well, you know, she's crying. So it must, you know, must have hurt. It must be true. Yeah, I think that yeah. too many women play on the fact as though it's really easy for us to be the victim. And they take advantage of that. Yeah. It's looked at as collateral in a relationship. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that one. All right. Number six is your son brings home a girl. What's the first question you ask her in concerns to the well-being of your cub? Who you be? <laughs> Just that raw, huh? Who, who you be? Like, what you come with? <laughs> mm. You suffering from any generational curses we need to know about over here? Yeah, like- yeah. yeah, real shit. 
those are really important questions to ask because boys want to be superheroes so bad yeah you know and we never really question what or who we're saving a person from um i'm definitely guilty of the superhero syndrome as a young man and it is not the way to go into any relationship um i i strongly need i strongly need people to understand that too it's like you know it's it's so many things that you can be for a person supportive encouraging you can um you can instill certain values and you can definitely talk them through a process but people have to heal themselves and i definitely feel like our boys need to hear that we don't have to be superheroes because it's men who suffer from the superhero syndrome of trying to save every woman they encounter and it's just not realistic and it's going to be tiring after so long so i would definitely agree that we do need to ask who you be as my sister stated so number seven is you have to market your coochie like a used car salesman what would be your pitch bad credit no credit everyone's approved or come take it for a test drive (laughs) Mm. you said bad credit no credit everyone's approved or come take it for a test drive <laughs> no credit mm. so you say no yeah. the bad credit no credit is better than come take it for a test drive because i've had people who maybe didn't have the greatest experience and who have shared that and i just slid my coach across a couple faces and nobody has said anything so listen <laughs> oh man so you basically saying that just because of what your position is doesn't mean you don't deserve the car exactly we're gonna we're gonna check that payment history (laughs) we're gonna see what your 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 history looking like what your loans was you got any stupid we're gonna check the whole damn thing yeah work it out i feel you that was a that was the best way to look at that question because i was thinking too when it says come take it for a test drive it's almost like it's just shy of commitment mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't put a responsibility on you which a lot of times whatever your credit is makes the responsibilities worse you know um the higher interest rate hypothetically you know is paying more forward than what is actually worth and mm-hmm. I was thinking of it in that way, but you made it a little bit more clear um, and concise for me to understand that maybe the credit is not as important as the, you know, giving the person the opportunity to drive it without no kind of responsibility for it. So, because, you know, your credit score is like a behind the scenes story to you. Like, yeah, you could be like a really good looking person to have real fucked up credit. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just maybe, maybe not, you know? Yeah, maybe. You're right. You're right. All right, so that was Q-A-N-A. So today, the conversation that we're going to have is something that I'm right now dealing with in a way, but we're going to incorporate a few different examples of what this is like for people in terms of talking about spirituality. Now, I look at where we are, and um, this is, of course, the opening stages of a brand new decade, and I'm noticing the disconnection from God and spirituality when it came to 
how we recharged and energized ourselves for the new year. It was solely based on the things that we wanted, not the the gratuity for the the substance that has been given to us throughout all of these years that has allowed us to give ourselves another opportunity at the things that we want to achieve, or it was not about um, conquering a lot of the spiritual battles that you've endured all of these years. It was more so about getting our things in a sense. But um, I must say that like my blessings have been people more so than actual things. And again, you are one of the most spiritual people that I've encountered in my life period. So I want to kind of go off paper a little bit to talk about the way that we perceive partnerships and spiritual spaces and how to bring them into the forefront more in 2020. Now, um, where did your introduction to spirituality come from when you decided to tap into that space in your life? Um, my mother had just been diagnosed with, um, a disease that she cannot get rid of, you know, like it's incurable. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, you know, receives treatments and things for that. Um, my father had just also been diagnosed with a um, disease of the lungs that he receives treatment for. Um, I had just had a baby and was dealing with a partner who was, you know, less than faithful. And I just, I didn't feel good. And Mm -hmm. I was listening to like a lot of gospel music and, you know, talking to my aunt who was a pastor and she just kept telling me to pray on it and, you know, to have faith and just to work on things. And it just wasn't working. Like it, no matter how hard I tried to work past it, I realized I was putting more faith in my higher power than I was in myself. Mm, And I started to lose the responsibility that I held to my situation and I needed to reclaim my responsibility and hold myself accountable for getting myself out of this so um i had started my instagram and there were more so motivational messages to myself and then upon that i came across a woman by the name of ajna isara um, Mm -hmm. of the healing place dynasty and i had went to a seminar in september of that year that was a panel of seven people who were from all different backgrounds. But the one thing that they all had in common was the responsibility that they had of oneself. And after that day, I had declared that I was no longer going to follow the Christian faith, but I was going to follow the Christian faith, like my own personal faith. Mm, mm, Um, Okay, okay. And then what that meant for me. So I just had to be more responsible, a lot more selfish, a lot more selfless, um, and a lot more analytical about my situation. And I had to stop looking at it from emotion um, and more so perception based off the Bible. And I had to look at it more from what was actually in front of me, like what was the black and white of what I was seeing. And when I realized a lot of it was just the fact that though I was giving more people access to me than the access I had to myself, I was just like, no, nah, it's not going to work. So I had to reclaim my power and it, it was a very long drawn out process, but we here. <laughs> yeah, we here. We here. Um, yeah, and it, it, I'm still very much growing, very much healing, very much evolving. Um, I've only really been at this spiritual journey of my life since like 2017, like into 2016, 2017. So it hasn't been super duper long um, in time, but it's been a very uh, strenuous process on me, just in like the quality 
of the work that I've had to do. And um, it's been a lot of dark nights, but it's it's really been worth it. Like really, really worth it. Yeah, and you kind of like touched on everything that brought me to this place that I'm in right now because the well, no, let's go back first for you listeners. The first thing I want to do with this episode because I know it's not it doesn't have the high volume of energy and you know the excitement behind it but this has to be said um i want to dispel the idea or notion that whenever you discuss god it relates solely to the church or your personal religion um as you can see the mood um that most people are in today is that they don't tap into the god with themselves within themselves and um that isn't something that we often hear because we always look to an outsource for the things that we want. And the premise of this is to focus on what you manifest rather than what you envision, because simply put everything you see in your potential, whether it be your future, whether it be your partner or the relationships that you have does not mean you have the power to manifest these things into your life. And One of the reasons why I have sis here is I want to touch on the idea of speaking the right things, speaking the right partnerships and the right relationships into existence and letting your thought and activity processes coincide with the words. Because I, too, was a person that kind of hung my every aspiration or my every thought upon something I learned out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the times didn't match my circumstances a yeah. lot of times. So it was hard to apply certain things because it wasn't relevant to my circumstances. So I'm kind of in that same space of focusing more on my personal faith than the faith that I was actually practicing. Mm-hmm. So when you think about a relationship in any kind, whether it be friend acquaintance or personal partner why do you think it is that we don't look at those things as spiritual spaces because I'm at a point now where the people around me have to have a certain spiritual level or a frequency in order to encamp around me why is it that we don't see people as spiritual beings despite their religions or their faiths why do you think that is because we look at people as people and not as energy, not as light, not yeah, as yeah. the the recycled matter that it is. Like energy never dies. And I don't think enough people realize that. Like everyone is reincarnated from something or someone. So for people to look at people as people, it takes a certain amount of, I, I don't want to say responsibility, but that's kind of what it is. It takes a certain amount of responsibility off of how much you have to put into that relationship because Mm. I had just have to look at you for you, like for who you are, who you are in front of me. That's all I had to look at you as, but not realizing that who they are, how well-rounded they are, um, their personality, the way that they react to things is all built off of something else. And it's the energy that has always surrounded them, which is then reincarnated from something else. So when you treat people as just mass which is just a, a lump of something, something yeah. tangible that's taking up space, you have the ability to take advantage of it. And that's what people tend to do is that you can, as long as it's occupying the space that you needed to occupy, you do with 
whatever it is that you choose to. But if I look at you as energy and realize that you can just kind of float as is like outside of who you are, whatever you say to me, whatever you do to me, that will have a lasting effect. I have to, I have to respond to you different. I have to treat you different. I have to be around you a little bit different. And if I feel your energy shifting based on your actions and your attitudes, I need to go with that and not just look at you. I don't go with you. I go with what you've done to me. I what go, I go with what you said right. to me. I go with, with what happens with that. I don't, I don't need to follow you in, in whatever it is that you're trying to, to gift me or whatever you're trying to do to me based on the relation there. The relation really doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's what happens within this relationship that matters. And I don't think people look at that. People just look at situations happening as situations and not, the lasting impact that they had. Yeah. Because you will actually reward people for the, the conflicts that they've brought into your life, because it's almost like we've been through so much together, yep. you know, you'll reward them for even the, you know, the things that have not, that have not necessarily meant you any good. And I yeah. do that too. But people and think that that builds character like character, that builds strength right. and that that builds something that builds a resilience to the relationship i shouldn't have to suffer with you that that's not right. a part of this and me loving you that does not mean that i have to suffer with you i don't have to jump in front of your pain i don't have to be a part of your pain i don't even have to go through shit with you i'm not obligated to do any of that because i love you because i love you i'm here as you're going through it but don't think that incorporating me or asking me to incorporate myself into your dealings makes this any better if i throw myself into your line of fire all that makes me is another match that's it it doesn't make me anything else other than a part of the problem now this wasn't right, my problem right. until you bought it to me i thank you for thinking that i'm strong enough to deal with this i thank you for thinking that you know i'm willing to to take this on with you however i'm not gonna take this on with you and as somebody who loves me in the way that i love you you have to respect that this ain't my problem Right, and the fact right. is, though, this is not a problem that we created together. I'm not obligated to do this and I'm not going right. to. You are exactly right. Um, There are five areas I would like to cover in this episode because now I'm kind of like going through some of the notes to remember the things that I want to bring forth. But it's important that we set our atmospheres correctly this year because um, before our accomplishments or uprisings come forward we have to be centered and ready for the things that we look forward to and there's nothing worse than becoming successful before the eyes and presence of a leech whether that be energy whether that be accomplishment greed of any kind um you do not you do not want to be centered around that type of energy so this is the part of the conversation that we're going to focus on five key things and um, I'm going to list them all now, but we're going to talk about each of them individually. Number one is the conception of a relationship being a spiritual space. Mm. Number two is the needing to feel more than just good. Mm. Number three is manifesting when nothing seems appealing or available. Mm. Number four is you get what you ask for. Number mm. five is the manifestation process mm. at work. So those are the five things that I kind of want to touch on in a way because I'm not experienced at this whatsoever, but I still, I still feel like I need to be fed in these regards. So um, this is what we're going to talk about so we can hopefully create more spiritual 
energies and partnerships into the new year of 2020. So again, the first thing I want to discuss in this conversation is the concept of a relationship being a spiritual space. Now, there are moments when I go through things in life and my surroundings make my circumstances worse. Now, I never know what it is that makes those issues for me chaotic whenever I'm in the presence of those people. But as we say in today's language, shit just hit different when certain people are around. But in this space, it doesn't mean that it hits in a positive or impactful way. And it got me thinking that our relationships are not spiritual enough. Um, For the most part, they're just company. So what is it to look for nowadays when you want to maintain a frequency and not just the friendship? Because I'm the worst when it comes to like befriending everybody. Like, you know me, I love everybody. Right. And I want to, I want to stay that way, but I want to master my own maintenance in a sense and become better at keeping my spirits lifted. So how would you suggest a person do that? I think that when you are dealing with the concept of anything, you have to understand that it's devising a plan. Like that's the the definition of a concept. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to plan anything, I need to, there are things that I have to consider. To put somebody in my plan or to, to place somebody in my plan means that I am voluntarily inviting you in to my space Mm -hmm. it takes a lot a whole lot for a person to come in the door genuine and i think that what you don't gift yourself enough credit for is how genuine you are Mm -hmm. and i think that people in reference to your concept take advantage of that the fact that it's almost kind of like a blind being like It just kind of happens. It just kind of rolls over. And then one day you realize that you actually have a bond with the person. Like, and I'm talking about you in general. Now with people who might be in that same predicament, it's because this is just second nature. Like this is just a part of you. So what you have to do is change the habitat that you have put yourself in. So your surroundings aren't the same. And I mean that metaphorically. So if you know that there's certain parts of your personality that people gravitate towards, that you realize that people are also taking advantage of, devise a plan to, I don't want to say move it around, but understand that that strength is also a weakness. Right, right, right. What what part of this strength, this, this likability, this relatability, what part of this is making people come in the door and then after a while take advantage of it. And how do I, how do I put a boundary on that? Like how far can a person push me before I'm like, okay, this is taking advantage. So you have to know the signs. And to be honest, a lot of the time when people take advantage of one person, um, especially when it's multiple people, a lot of the behavior is the same. So it takes some shadow work. You have to look at the past experiences in which that weakness, that strength, excuse me, has also become a weakness. Um, and at what point, I don't mean like time strain, but that might also play, you know, a, a part of it. Like maybe in the middle of the year, around the summertime, you realize people don't hit you up as much because it's now warm outside and they only want to deal with you during a seasonal depression. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just, you, you want to look at the, 
the plan and you want to just move that plan around? Is it that there has to be a boundary set? You have to change those surroundings. Um, and then as you change the way that you, you live, some people might not want to be around that. It's still the same personality. You still, you, it's just that you now realize that this part of you needs a boundary placed on it. It's kind of like a, um, what's it called? A border. You know, like how you cross from the United States over to Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's a certain part of that you got to go through. You got to have your passport stamp. You got to, you know, check certain parts. There's a check-in. Yeah, your boundary yeah. might be a border. Like it might be a check-in with a person. Like you might get to a part in a friendship where you're like, listen, ho, um, you keep asking <laughs> me for money. Or like, listen, you keep coming about the same dude. Not an already told you. Or, you know, like, listen, I'm not helping you record this same podcast again. Like you start to, you start to see the signs. And if it's just multiple signs, you might have to place a boundary there. You might have to just kind of divide, you know, redevise your plan. It might be a plan wow, B to this. Wow. Plan A might not be what's working. Yeah, anymore. Because, you know, like there, like that is very real to me because there was a point where everything seemed to be put together in such a way to keep me at bay in yep. a sense. Like, I think, um, it began to even make me depressed because there were times where, like you say, how people only deal with you in certain seasons, that was the case for me. And what was even making it worse is that they will still allow me to see them flourish in those seasons with the expectation of maybe one day what BJ has been saying to me, that's the truth. Eventually it will rub off on me. It's just not now, you know? And it's like, using a person when you feel like it yeah i was even allowing that to happen you know so that was being weighed down on me and then too even in podcasting like i was the i for some reason i became like a relationship guru or some Mm -hmm. shit like me being truthful about how i feel as a man made me the the black male vulnerability spokesperson or some shit like it was almost like you're just put into these boxes and the relationships were dwindling. You were noticing that you were just being used for the substance and not the, the spiritual content or what you provide a person in these relationships. So I definitely feel that in moments. And now that I'm in this, this space of what can I call it? No, I'm going to give you an example. Now um, there was a point And like you're in my inner circle. So, you know, that like um, I went through a process of building an office to make certain conveniences for myself to be able to work, um, be a little bit more um, conditioned to, you know, be comfortable in my workspace, having the necessary space to move around and set things up in a certain way and not have to detach everything every time I use it. So I went through this really strenuous process of building an office and now it's lonely to be here mm-hmm. now i have to figure out a way to set a new atmosphere for the workspace that i'm in on top of dealing with these things in a relationship standpoint where i have to reposition myself in these spaces to to feel better mm-hmm. after all of the work that i've done in the office and in my relationship so there is a point when you want to feel more than just good about the things that you're involved in. So how does that spiritual circle or the spiritual energy impact the spirit or mind state? Because you know how people do when 
they get to a space of loneliness, what they'll do is they'll call somebody or reach out to somebody just to deplete their energy for the energies that they don't have. So like, how do you fix that for yourself in those spaces where you need a different type of light and energy? I go to the, to the different parts of me. Like, so I'm comfortable with knowing that there are multiple people in my head. Like they're all the same person for the most part. Like they all look like me, but there are different parts of me. Mm -hmm. And the part of me that is showing face the most is the part that needs to depend on the other parts of me in order to get it together, which is your chakras. It it is the alignment. So when I feel a misalignment, I talk it out. Like I, I literally will sit and I'll say, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling um, semi-depressed. And this is what I think it's stemming from. On Monday, this happened at work. On Tuesday, I came into this space. I sat down in this seat. The seat fell back a little bit. and Or, you know, like the seat made a sound and like, okay, maybe I need to lose weight. Um, you know, the milk expired and I blame that on, you know, me not using it as much. And now I'm feeling like I don't, you know, take the proper precautions with my finances it'll be little things and I realize how much of that I let build up and how much I blame myself so then I have to get to the part of me that maybe is just a little overly cocky like listen ain't nothing wrong with you you the shit remember that you the shit you know then there's a a more peaceful side of me maybe you need to meditate I, I I go to my stones a lot and I know that that's not for everybody but I believe that there's a certain vibration through my stones so the different parts of me will um, adhere to the different stones that I have. So I might need to spend more time with amethyst than I do bloodstone. I might have to spend more time with tourmaline than I do clear quartz. And I take that into effect. I also have feng shui in my space, which is a huge part of everything. Um, what do things look like for me physically? Am I coming into this space and it's cluttered? Am I coming into this space and there's just too much that I'm looking at? Um, Maybe I wrote a note to myself in a time where I wasn't feeling too good and I left that note out. I need to burn that note. I don't need to see that anymore. Um, they're just, it's sense the way something smells, um, the way that I look, like maybe I looked in the mirror and didn't like, you know, like myself. Um, I, maybe there's something I need to change about that. I look at all aspects and I take full responsibility for all of that. And I think that we as human beings and we as people don't do that enough. One thing that my mother told me that sticks with me is, baby, I do because that's my only option. I don't have anything else. I don't have anyone else. And although I do have other people, I don't have anyone else. And I think that's where I get that from as well. When I feel like I don't have enough energy and maybe I need to reach out to somebody, I first go to me. And I think, listen, Christian, you're your first line of defense. If anything is to happen, and you the only person around, and this could be just metaphoric, what you going to do? Who you going to call if it ain't nobody to call? You need to call you. So figure out what part of you is going to deal with this and go to her. And that's who I go to. I literally Mm. only depend on me. And if I realize that this ain't working, then I will reach out to somebody else. But 99% of the time, I find something within myself to handle it because I think of the times that I was slitting my wrist. I think of the times where I was pulling at my hair. I think of the times where I was getting ready to run my car off a cliff because I was not happy with my life and how I overcame that. So this right here that I'm dealing with is minute. Go to that woman who overpowered that situation 
and talk to her. She's in there. You just got to get to her. And mm. sometimes that's in the darkest part of you, but it still exists. Go back to that part because that's either going to be the realest nigga you know or it's going to be the strongest nigga you know. But either way, it's a nigga you know. It's a nigga you know. Mm-mm-mm. And, oh my God. Okay. So, let me breathe on that for a minute because that was real. That was real. And this, for you guys that are listening, this is why I've taken such a liking and love for my sister in such a short period of time because she brings about this spiritual presence and this brutal honesty that I need, you know. And um, a lot of you that know Christian for all of what she does with her podcast, which is one of my favorites, she's probably, she's probably top three. What? women no. that I listen to um on the regular like everybody knows you know Stephanie if you know from Better Life Choices New York and the I Said No podcast that's mm-hmm. like the GOAT crystal clear GOAT mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like everybody knows this about BJ and my sister falls right in that same bracket of always like giving me something to take away and and deal with these issues because I don't I don't have the the moral compass of a person who accepts those moments where you want to drive off the cliff. Like I don't have that that ideal of self, or at least I've never encountered it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If it's not there, then it's not there. But everybody has a cliff moment. Mine was just a literal cliff. Like I was literally in my car getting ready to drive off the harbor. So some people's cliff might never be a suicide attempt. Some people's cliff might be that they turn to drugs. Some people's cliff that they might have turned to like a sex addiction. They might have turned to an addiction to food. Um, They might have, you know, spent too much. Might have had a gambling problem. Everybody's cliff is different. You just got to remember what was one of the tough, not the toughest because we tend to forget that pain but what was one of the toughest moments you had to overcome at that very moment because the only other option was death death right what what was that and in that there was a person who your survival instincts kicked in go talk to your survivor Mm. and it really says a lot about a person who can actually help you in that moment yep of themselves and this is why i appreciate the relationship so much because to know that your cliff was an actual cliff makes me realize that i need to find that other person to talk some sense into the bj that's being irrational because a lot of what i deal with in the loneliness and the depression phases that i go through i take responsibilities for because everybody protects me in these moments like um There's moments when, like, my friends will say, you know, stop being so nice all the time or stop being so caring all the time. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, I feel like this is the chance for me to be taken advantage of. But I'll do it anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the women in our culture, in our podcast culture space, Mm -hmm. they call me all the time. BJ, stop doing that. Let these people find their way on their own. And so now I believe that in some spaces that I've created some of the emotional cliffs that I'm on because for all of what I did for people on the emotional level, now I need that back. And you can't you can't always gift a person what they gifted you. Right. 
Most so definitely. that's another lesson that I have to learn. You know, I think that so, you you also have to realize that the cliff that was created, you created. Yeah. So yeah. if the same way that you created it is the same way that you can make it go away. You're right. You're absolutely right. And this is why I wanted to talk about like the spiritual partnerships, because in this particular instance of you and I talking is not always an intimate relationship. A spiritual connection is not really within the confines of a relationship oftentimes at all. And if you are in a relationship for some people, that could be difficult because in that instance, how would you prioritize that relationship? Because our partners tend to be jealous of that area of their mate where they can't reach that frequency with them. And the illusion is that you're protecting a secret chemistry versus versus protecting your peace. So like, how do you deal with those relationships that may not be with your partner, but very much needed in order for you to sustain in your personal peace or your atmospheric space? Like, how do you deal with that? I think that for me, it's a bit different because I don't care. Um, My peace right, is the most right, important thing to me. Right. So regardless of what somebody else might feel about it, although I'll let them know, I very much understand where you're coming from, but this ain't something I'm willing to compromise on because this is about me. And if you want me to continue to be able to be good to you, you're going to have to allow this relationship. This don't have nothing to do with you. This don't affect us. Not one bit this don't have nothing this does not make me come home and treat you any different any, right, right you know this has something to do with me if anything this is why i can treat you the way that i do and why i love you the way that i do because when i realized that this is what i was coming into and that this wasn't what i was going to receive from you i sought it somewhere else in someone who i'm not attracted to Right, the attraction right. is not a physical attraction. I'm physically attracted to my partner, mentally, you know, attracted to all those things, but I'm spiritually attracted to this person. And attraction just means that it connects. It don't have nothing to do with anything sexual. And you have to get people to understand the definition of attraction because people are very ignorant nowadays. And people always assume that because the gender is different, there's something going on between the two people. When in all honesty, it's that I can trust this person with my life. And that's Mm. the reason why we are the way that we are. are. Your insecurities is going to be what drives the wedge in between us. It ain't going to affect nothing that's going over, you know, going on between me and my spiritual being at all. Because, because you, we give you've made this false hopes in that way. You know, you've made this personal. This has always been spiritual. Why did you make it about person when it was always about peace? Why would, why would yeah. you, you know, why would you do that? So because you've now made it personal, I need you to find peace with whoever you going to find peace with, <laughs> whether it be right. within yourself. But exactly. don't affect this relationship over here because it's not going nowhere. Because, you know, the thing that makes me very uncomfortable with most people is that a lot of us honestly believe that that theory that the church gives us, you know, the how do they say it? You know, two people that pray together, stay together, yeah. you know, and true enough, it's possible. But the connection is what counts. Yeah. The 
the idea of the the spirituality in that space is what counts. Like, I think that we just think that when we come together in a relationship, that one of the responsibilities of the relationship is simply to pray. Like it doesn't work. And it's not that it does work. Sometimes I'm not going to discount for those of you do, that have that. But for me, it's not enough. Prayer, it's, when you pray for somebody else is also an intercedence. Some people not meant to pray for you. Exactly. And exactly. don't pray with me either. That that transmute that transmutation of your energy, because people perceive people's problems differently. What I came to you about was real little. Why are you praying over me like I'm dying? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you you putting this in like for instance, when people tell you to be careful, you've already made a certain picture in your head about what could go wrong. So you've already put that on me. Be careful because, you know, it, it's crazy people out here. Be careful because when all you had to do was tell me safe travels or, you know, be vigilant. Wow, you you could have wow. affirmed over me, but you just placed fear in my heart and you don't even realize that you did it. Stop transmuting that to me. That's that's your beef. That's something that you fearful of. Wow, don't put wow. your fear in me. Don't pray over me. Don't pray with me if that's where your mindset is because that's not where I was. And now I'm second guessing whether or not the amount of fear I have in me is even the correct amount of fear. Should I be more scared? Yeah, true. That is so true. Especially if I think that you're stronger than me. Like maybe I came to you at a weak point and I'm dependent on you. And now you're praying over me about something that might've been done tomorrow. My aunt is the perfect, because she's a pastor. I'll go to her like I had my tonsils removed when I was 20. Very simple surgery. The way that she prayed over me, you literally would have thought I was having a heart transplant. Wow. It's not that it, it wasn't that deep. But because I was so spiritual at that point, she had me terrified before they put me under anesthesia because she was going to her God with so many barriers that could have happened. God, trust the anesthesiologist. God, trust the surgeon. God, trust the staff. Trust the nurse. They, they got certification. They went to school for this. Why now? Why am I so concerned about my my surgeon and my anesthesi- what they get ready being there doing to me? Is it something you that you know that I don't? Why are right. you praying so hard? Yeah. And the, the amount of fear that it instilled in me was scary. When I woke up, I was like, "Oh my god, thank God!" Because I I really thought I was going to die. Why would you do that? Hmm. So now I guess that we've we've affirmed that there's an extent to how we want to be prayed for. Um, I noticed that there comes a time when, well, no, let me ask you, is there a point in your life when you feel like there's no reason to pray at all? Yes. So I'm not the only one that think that because like, I feel like a lot of what we're asking for is like, how do you word this? Begging. Begging. Yes, it's begging. Yes. When you pray, you beg. I really need people to understand. And oh my God, I'm triggered. Um, the way that people pray, people will pray and be bartering with God. God, if you could just send me a good man, I promise you, I'm gonna stop smoking. I promise you, I'm gonna stop sleeping with somebody mm. else's husband. God, mm. if you could just pay my rent this month, I promise I'm gonna do better with my finances next month. God, if you could just get rid of this sickness, I won't do this anymore. Why are you in a bartering system about something you did to you? What you begging for? Especially if you know that you have the power to get yourself out of it. If anything, beg to yourself to reiterate your common sense and understand that you have the ability and capability to do so 
and just do what it sounds like is that you would rather put more faith in your higher power than you would in yourself in order to get it done because you're afraid that you don't possess the strength in order to do so. Wow. That's conditioning. That's conditioning for real. Yes, it is. Who are we? I really going to have to come up with a whole nother show for this portion of (laughs) the conversation because I still got like a whole lot to talk about. So I'm going to put a pin there and we're just going to generalize the conversation for those that are listening that are dealing with partnerships and relationships that aren't as spiritual or as centered as they can possibly be. And this is the part where we're going to talk about how to pray your partner into existence. Now, um, for those of you that are listening, one of the things that I want you to understand is Christian is my prayer partner. Mm-hmm. So that does not distract you from the idea that we're talking about soul partnership. Yeah. You know, we're not speaking on any type of undercurrent or you know, distraction from what our purposes are to each other. And I don't want you to minimize yourself to believe that the only partnerships that you need to invest in are the ones that you share with or share a bed with. Right. We need to pray these partnerships into existence. But to reference a relationship, there's a point where we try to create the narrative that the black woman is God. And true enough, some of us believe this, but most of us still function within our spirituality and ideals that God is still yet a man simply because of Bible rhetoric. It references God as our father or heavenly father and not so much a mother. So the connection to God for most of us reflects the idea that God is the perfect supreme being as well as a male. We all know that most of the men that we encounter in our carnal existence, men ain't been that perfect. So we have to somewhat talk about the perfect guy or at least the perfect guy to you that distracts you from seeking the God, either your higher power or the God within self. You, you can't let that perfect guy in a sense come between the relationship space that you have with yourself and your higher power, which makes it very easy to be distracted by so many other things as well. So to start the conversation, how do you feel like women today position God in their lives for the type of relationships that they would like to have for themselves? Like, where does God sit in that? The same place that their father does. Really? Yeah. Because if you have daddy issues, and this is just me being honest, when a woman has daddy issues and a man does not do right by her, she does a lot of soul searching, whether you whether it's known or not. She searches within herself, and a part of it gets to the fact that she has abandonment issues with her father, whether he wasn't there physically, whether he wasn't there emotionally, whatever the case may be. It then turns into a religious thing, because spiritual... Um, I guess in my opinion, spiritual wouldn't be the the best word for it. it becomes a religious thing when the relationship doesn't work in reference to that. She now has abandonment issues with her God. Why would you mm. send this man my way if he wasn't going to do right by me? When in all actuality, you manifested that man, you prayed for him, 
and you got them. You just weren't specific. So we need to talk about the relationships with God, the man of God and man, because the reason why I say that is the man of God and man um, is just me being intentional because we're not going to assume that every man that comes to you is sent by God. Exactly. But if a man is his own God, then he's fully aware of what he needs to be in order for a woman to entrust him enough in order for him to lead as she does her spiritual or her religious God in the leadership of her life. Life. So it's okay for a man to be his own God in that sense with being awakened in that way. Okay. That makes total sense. Okay. How important is a man of God in a relationship with a woman? Does that even matter anymore? In my opinion, in this day and age, it doesn't because I think that more people are shying away from religion um, and more towards spirituality because religion is very um, stifled and it's very boxed. It's it's very closed. Like there's only so much that they want you to know about an actual religion. So what you know is what you know if you don't research it. Um, so I think that it's more important to to understand the God within you and what you possess over top of the God that you grew up knowing. Hmm. Okay. The duality of that though. Yeah. Because, because they actually go hand in hand with one another. The more that you, the more that you realize the God within you, the more you'll shy away from the God that you know. And it's not hmm. a bad thing. It's just that again, faith without work is dead. Now dead. let's use your word against you because your word is your bond. So if faith without work is dead, the faith that you've put in your higher power with no faith in yourself, nothing's going to get done. But if wow. you put faith within yourself and faith within your higher power, they can work together in order to allow you to manifest what it is that you want to make. Cause want bump what you happen. need, what you want to manifest in order for you to have more in life because a partner is just somebody for you to go through things with that's that's comfortability you want you want somebody to be comfortable with in order for you to be able to manifest that you have to understand how much faith you have in you once he comes in order to sustain it on top of who you pray to in order for him to get here right so in saying this i want to ask you um about the breakup phase because um women will declare that they are getting right with god and that typically happens when they declare singleness or celibacy, even though we know that prioritizing God, our higher power is a wonderful thing to do. Why does it always seem like it happens at the end of another relationship? Because like, it's almost like it almost seems to say that the relationships with God cannot coexist with other energies in the same space. Does that make sense? Most definitely. It, I, I think that women do it because it's somebody else to blame. She can't take the full hit that she had something to do with this. Mm. So mm. if I can put this on somebody else, on the same person who I, who I believe is strong enough to overcome my blame and is going to forgive me for my blame later on down the line and will help me again to manifest maybe the same issue 
um, or hopefully, you know, the solution to what I consider being a problem. Because now at this point, she realized that her, her love life is so much of an issue or it's so problematic that now she needs to resolve it. If she can find a poster child to blame it on, um, after the fact, when it's all said and done and she's been forgiven for placing that blame, she now has somebody to come back to again. She cannot find the goddess or the God within herself strong enough. It's not, it's not a strong enough bond with her in order for her not to fully blame this person who she doesn't know exists. He may or may not exist. You've never seen his face, but you know, for a fact that you don't have to blame yourself for it because you know, well, you've been raised to know that he got you. Yeah. Yeah. And some, and when I heard the examples that you gave, I noticed that um, one of the things that becomes problematic is the loss of control. Because today we see that most women don't want to be controlled by any man, which to some degree I get totally. But again, as we stated in the very beginning of the show, the perception is that our God is divine masculinity or a male. So is your disgust in the male gender the reason why you can't hear God or your significant other in any capacity? It it does. It has a lot to do with that. If I am how can I put this? If if I'm so fed up with myself that I don't even want to look at myself right now, I still got to have somebody to look at. So I'm going to look at you. And I'm going to look at all the things that you don't do, all the things that you can't do. And now that you've made me upset, and this, because this is one man at this point, because it ain't like, you know, she, she didn't play the field. This is one man. Right. right. Now I'm going to blame you and I'm going to categorize all men under the same bracket that you're in because I am disgusted with you. But in all honesty, I'm disgusted in myself. So. For yeah. how much of a guard I put down in order to let you lead when you never gave me a reason to trust your leadership skills. Okay, so my next question would be, if God was to be speaking to you through a man, how would you know? You, if that is what your if that is the content of your heart, if God was to ever speak to you through the man that he could have sent to you, how would you know when you look at God's voice and a man's voice the same way? The same way that you you say, or the same way women say, I just know when God spoke to me, I just felt it in my spirit and I submitted. I submitted to his word. Whatever your man said, you would submit to it because he's proved to you that he is. Who he say he is. I will say, and I, I mean this in my definition, he is your God. He's the representation. The same way that God impregnated Mary and had a uh, a reincarnation of himself. And had that man go through whatever he had to go through in order to sacrifice his life for so many people is the same man that came into your life, sacrificed all it was that he had about his life in order to become a leader for you. This is now your God. So treat him as such the same way you Mm. submitted to that voice that was in your head before that boom is now coming out of the throat of a human being, a physical being, something that you can hold on to and is tangible. As a woman, we have an intuition. Stop being stupid and know that most of the men that you come in in encounters with are just disciples. When your God comes along, you will submit to him as such. 
you won't have to question it. The reason why you question it is because you still question yourself. Because the men that you have in front of you don't lead well. And the only reason why you putting the guard down is because right now you just want somebody to go through something with. This your season to be alone. Be alone. Alone. The same way you said you got to walk through the valley of shadow of death. This your valley of shadow of death. This your shadow work. Go through Mm -hmm. it. And when you're done, your God will present himself. But God can't present himself in this space here because there's no light for him to present himself in. You don't need light right now. You don't need it. Because it'll be a lot easier for you to deal with. When you have light, you can see. But in darkness, your other senses have to kick in. Right now, you senseless as hell. You dumb as hell doing dumb shit. Your light is not needed. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the most like cherished statements of people in general, we're not going to make this about women or men. It's just in general, who have strayed from God as God knows my heart. Mm-hmm. And yet and still every relationship you end up in seems to leave that same yep. fragmented and broken heart time and time again. What good does it do for God to know a heart that you're constantly irresponsible with? Exactly. And why would he want to do anything with it? So you keep bartering with him for other things when the one thing that you need to barter with is your common sense. Talk to him about that. God, when I get my mind right. Send me somebody. God, when I take responsibility for the things that I've done in previous relationships, God, when I stop using my body as, as misuse, when I stop victimizing myself in relationships, when in all honesty, they haven't done anything wrong. When I finally get me together, God, help me to manifest the partner that I can submit to because he is the representation of you in this life, in this life, in that form. That should be your prayer. Y'all be asking what Sierra prayed for. That's what she prayed for. So how we commit to God nowadays is based upon how we commit to people. 110%, which is why most people are no longer religious because they're realizing that the face that they thought was God is not the face at all. Y'all gave him a face. There's no, nowhere in the Bible is there ever a face of God. There's a face of Jesus, Moses, Abraham, all of Mm -hmm. them, but God has never had a face. Y'all gave him a face. If you want to know what your God looks like, he's going to look like what you have made him look like. If the man comes along and he don't look like that, that ain't your God. Because as you grow, your representation of him will change. Mm. Because now you have a better understanding of what your God actually looks like. So we're going to we're going to go like directly into that, because that's the conversation of manifesting when nothing seems to be available or worth the time. Mm-hmm. Now, as a woman, do you feel that your gender, as divine and magical as they are, are is there a possibility that women are desperate in this day and age for the right man, or are they unknowingly desperate to know what they're worth for themselves alone? Both. So in that space, how do you prioritize the worth? Because one will require somebody to be there to show you what it is. And then the other side of it is to look within self and find it. How do you prioritize that? You affirm that you are both. You are the face and you are the face that and you are the person looking for the face. Once you get you together, everything else follows suit. But mm-hmm. in order for you to understand your self-worth, you got to deal with yourself. Most people don't do that. Most people just kind of, they allow the man 
because I'm speaking from a heterosexual standpoint now, they allow the man to come in and speak for them. This is what you're worth. When, if you develop your worth beforehand, when he comes in, he'll either affirm that this is your worth, confirm that this is your worth, or he'll confuse that this is your worth because what he's telling you your worth and what you thought you were worth is two different things. And it's either going to be a feeling of, okay, he treating me, you know, like I, I deserve more or he's treating me less than what I feel like I am. And I'm not standing for that. Right. You have to find the ground to stand on. And that question most of the time is based upon how much of what you want from a man can be attracted to what's already residing in you. Yep. Okay. All right. So the idea that men and women have most of the time is that we prohibit people from seeing what we're completely worth Mm -hmm. until they prove themselves worthy of it. And in proving themselves worthy of it, there's a trick because the quality of your character is not completely present and visible at all times. And what's seen on the surface could be the reasons why the attraction grades are so low because most of the things that we see in certain people on the surface is just commonality is, you know, holding, holding doors open, like the small things. We don't get to see the, the increases or the equity of your actual being. So if the world, if the wealth of who you are is not visible to those who are looking for partnership, how do you not see the probabilities of worthless people being attracted to you? Does that make sense? Most definitely. So like, how do we manifest when nothing seems to be available or worth the time? That, that would be my question because now what you're saying is I'm not giving myself to nobody who don't deserve it. So you're withholding all of your greatness and it's like encompassed within you without being visible. So the guys that want to pursue you are not seeing the greater portion of you to know not to step this direction. They all, you also have to surround yourself with the right kind of people. So the reason why you're manifesting a certain kind of man is because you surrounded yourself with that kind of man. And you keep dating that kind of man. You keep hanging out with that kind of man. You keep swiping on that kind of man on Tinder and Christian Mingle and all these other websites. If you know that you're worth more than what you're swiping right on or what you're around, then you need to change your surrounding. Move. Mm-hmm. When, when I have a dragonfly tattooed on my ankle with the word balance. A dragonfly spends 90% of its time around water. When the pH balance is incorrect, it moves. Move. That's Mm. not where you're supposed to be. You can't manifest in this space because it's not meant for you. There's nothing left here and you're still dwelling here. The thing that we have to realize is that when a space is empty and there's nothing there for us, other spaces exist. We as people keep trying to build in empty spaces or spaces that offer no resource. We have the ability to move. We don't want to take the ability to move because we don't know what happens when we move. So that fear sets in, that anxiety sets in, that that not knowing sets in, and that, that FOMO, that fear of missing out sets in because if I move from this space, then maybe, you know, something might grow here. Something might Something else might happen. Understand that some of the spaces that we're in are dead. They're not empty. They're dead. 
when when we attempt to manifest on empty, it can be filled. But when mm-hmm. it's manifested in dead spaces, there's nothing that can be resurrected. It's not meant to come back. When it's dead, it's dead. It's dead. Okay. People have to start to understand the, the the determination between an empty space and a dead space. A lot of people manifest in spaces that are dead. When in all actuality, if they move to a space that was empty, they would have room to manifest what it is that they need to manifest. Move. If it's no longer balanced, if it's knocking you off your balance, if it's dead soil, move. That is perfect. That is perfect for. Okay, I got a question now based on what you just said, that dead space. I'm going to use this analytically to describe the confessions that we make with our mouths that bitches ain't shit Mm -hmm. and all men are trash. Mm -hmm. Right. We say these things on a daily basis without acknowledging what those feelings are actually doing to our hearts. How boldly convicted and confident are you in what you are praying for? If these are the things that are coming out of your mouth, out of this dead space, right? Mm -hmm. Because these confessions are based on the heartstrings that tug when you are in the darkness of your life. And considering that that is where you focus your energy and possibly locked in your energy at that could be the reason why you attract that energy is where your heart and mind is most. So like in those dead spaces, how can you move from that? Despite the fact that what you're saying may be true. You have to take responsibility for the fact that you've put yourself in this dead space. Just write your suicide letter. Mm. You've Mm -hmm. done it to yourself. This is a dead space because of your mentality your circumstances, a lot of the time, are not anything that you can change because it, it's a direct circumstance. This is something that was that might have been given to you at a young age. This is something that you've been conditioned to know. But when you realize that in the same way you speak death into something, you can speak life into life it as well, mm-hmm. you need to then change your way of thinking. Nobody can do that for you. So you've made this conviction within yourself, bitches ain't shit, niggas ain't shit. You're now just planting seeds in a dead space or you're planting yourself on, I don't want to say less than, but it, it really is that you're placing yourself on less than, less than healthy soil. So almost manure, yes, yeah. like although things can still grow in shit, it's still shit. Mm, it's, it's still shit. And there's a possibility that you aren't manifesting what you're praying for because you don't believe in what you are asking for to even exist. It's that conscience versus subconscious. Your conscience yeah. is telling you that you want more, but your subconscious still believes that niggas ain't shit. Right. So what you praying for is your con- what your conscience is thinking, but your subconscious is still in a space. What you're going to manifest from is that voice within your subconscious because that's what energy reads. Energy really don't give shit about what you're thinking. It's all about what you're feeling and your feeling, subconscious right. is a lot of the time based on feel. But if you can change your subconscious thinking, you can affect your conscious thinking directly and they will then be in agreement. But that takes Mm, a lot of work, work. which a lot of people aren't willing to do. So here you are asking for something out of what you believe to be slim pickings and not even completely confident in God within self or higher power to sift through these spaces or these energies 
for you to possibly find the best match. And surrounded so, yourself with people who are very much the same, who mm-hmm. are supposed to be your prayer partners. And just when you thought that you were getting yourself together, they have presented another problem for you. So when y'all get to praying together and you thought your prayer was over and they go interceding for you, this is an issue that you didn't even know existed. Maybe <laughs> niggas started to be shit and then she bought up Tyrone. She bought up Brian. She yeah, bought up that day. You, you wasn't even worried about no more. <laughs> And here this bitch comes, she she back to speaking on it. Yeah, yeah. That is exactly what happened. The very minute a good nigga show up. It's back down memory lane. Man. Okay, so um we gonna have to follow this up because it is so much left that I can't even get to because we just pounded so many powerful points. But I'm gonna end it off on the partnerships that um we assess to be spiritual and now we have to exist and watch these manifestations at work. There is a, a reality that partnerships nowadays are based on bartering. And the concept to me has never really been proven to work. And what I'm realizing that what I'm realizing now is that manifesting things together can be um, life changing to so many of our relationships and learning to sustain on the same sources um, can possibly help you to practice being on one accord. And it's one of the most meaningful things that you can ever experience within any level of relationship. But of course our focuses are centered on extracting things out of the people that we partner with, because we always seem to be missing something that the other person possesses. How would you suggest a person start the process of manifesting a partner of those many prayers to potentially be on one accord with someone? Um, write them down, like write your prayers down, write your prayers down, get a prayer journal. Um, if you are someone who prays and look back at those prayers, like what are those prayers saying? And as people come into your life, can you see them being a part of this prayer? Are they going to assist you with getting to this and stop bartering with people? Stop bartering your talents or the things that you possess with something else and get it yourself. Pray for strength to accumulate, you know, pray for strength to accomplish, you know, pray for the strength to, to have the ability and understand what a partner really is. A partner is somebody who is to join you on a journey. A partner is not there to carry you. A partner is not there to push you. A partner is not there to, to you know, keep you back. A partner is there to, to be there along the way. If a person does not give you that type of vibration, don't, don't entertain it. Y'all discernment and, and intuition are things that all people possess, but gullible people and very vulnerable people are people who ignore those, those feelings. Mm -hmm. Find your discernment, find your intuition and go with it because you're never wrong about you. You know, you better than anybody else. You know, what's best for you. You know what you're feeling. You know that this is organic and what it is that you're asking for. If a person is coming to you with concentrated love or they're coming to you with um, diluted love or they're coming to you with anything other than genuine authentic them 
it's not for you. Use what you have within you to know that the partnership that's manifesting is not good for you and stop while you're ahead. The minute that you feel like it's not going well, stop it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to figure out what's going on with it. Stop it. If it's meant to continue, that person will change the behavior or you will change the behavior because you may be the problem. Mm -hmm. It will adjust Mm -hmm. as such and you guys will come back together. But again, if it's dead, it's dead. If it's empty, you can build. Yeah, Understand the difference. Now, one of the biggest misconceptions between men and women nowadays is this word intention. Um, men don't typically get the opportunities to experience the full intention of a woman until he proves himself worthy of her time and what she believes she has to offer. And for what women experience, I can all I can honestly say to some degrees, I respect that, like preserving herself and protecting herself as best as she know how. But now men are in the same position of wanting to know, is this or is she worth it? You know, and there's not a middle ground for men and women when it comes to both wanting to protect themselves from being played, hurt or having their time wasted. How do we manifest our needs and wants together? We have to. And this is going to sound very feminist of me. um, We have to understand equality. We have to understand that the same things that we want as women, men want as well. And men have a lot more to lose in these situations, especially financially, like men, you know, most men take care of the money for the date. Um, he, he's getting ready to put himself in a certain position. If he's even interested in you, we have to understand that the same way that there are sacrifices that we're making with ourselves, they're making with them. And we have to understand what together really means. That means that not that there's no one person in this situation who's superseding the other. So anytime that I feel like he's overstepping or I'm overstepping, we need to talk. It is really all boils down to communication, which I feel like is also such a cliche thing to say, but it's very true. When it comes down to intent, you have to to take people at their word, but focus more on the action because those two have to mean the same thing. If you tell me that you like me or you tell me that you love me or you tell me that you trust me, your action should reflect that. If you're telling me one thing and doing another thing, then I have to, I have to, you know, show, I have to say to you that this is not how it's going. This is not what I'm seeing and stop being so afraid to admit that it's something that you don't like. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not working. Don't stop giving people so many chances. Stop trying to gift people, um, pieces of partnerships with you. Sometimes people don't need to have any part of you, n- like no part of you at all. Um, some people go into you know, smaller partnerships with people. And then as the relationship grows, they grow. I don't feel like that that can work in this day and age because people are all or nothing people. So you, you can't really, um, discount yourself. You know, you can't give a part of you and then want to give the rest or, you know, give a party and say, well, this is all you're getting people like, listen, if, if, you ain't going to come with all that you come with. I don't want to deal with it all at all, but people don't understand what that means. Come out the gate as you don't fake the funk. There is no representatives anymore. If something's wrong with you, like, I mean, really wrong with you, whatever it is, you need to say something ahead of time because you're putting people in a position to be your partner when they didn't sign up to be your partner just yet. Come out the yeah. gate with what it is that you, you come with. How many kids do you have? And I'm not saying having a large amount of kids is, you know, a thing, but you know, if you're a man with four kids or you're a woman with four kids. Somebody might not have the 
the mental capacity to deal with that many children or to deal with somebody with that many children who requires that much focus. Are you in school? Um, you know, how many jobs do you work? Just different things. What are your interests? Um, what is your, you know, religious background? That might not be something that they're cool with. You have to come out of the gate with these things. And people consider that oversharing now when in all actuality, it's just being honest. Honest. People will get into things and they will, um, allow things to overpower other things like oh because she's a nice person it i don't mind that she has four children you know that require a lot of her time when i can have her time i have her time but then become very passive aggressive about not spending enough time with that person so i think that we have to understand that when a person does show us who they are out the gate you need to respect that they went that far the representative or that part of you that you're willing to share it doesn't work not not it doesn't work anymore not in this this type of time and in this day and age and and going forward, I just don't think that it's going to be able to be a thing anymore. Mm. Man, you be killing these shows, (laughs) man. Jeez. Oh my God. Oh my, Oh my God. You killed this one. You killed it. I mean, completely put everything in perspective for me and, this is probably going to um, start a process that I've been kind of toying with. I want to start an, a project called the Ability Series. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to talk about the many abilities that we don't um, show our full potential in. And I wanted mm-hmm. to, like, focus directly on the men. So um, now with this compass, I think that I'm going to get that started. So I just greatly appreciate and love you for, you know, sharing and being a part of this conversation because now I've got a battery in my back for something that I was questioning if I was even ready to do. So, man, you really killed this. I appreciate and love you too. Oh, man. So, listeners, I want to hear from you at this particular point. Um, Anything that you heard in this episode, please uh, share your thoughts and ideas about what was said in this very powerful conversation. What are your spiritual practices? How do you fight your spiritual battles with self and others? Hit me on social media to share your ideas and processes. I am BJ and you can find me at Dergo BJ on the Twitter app. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And the subject change is the Instagram page. So you can hit me there and we can discuss all of the ideas and feelings that you have taken from this episode because we desperately need spiritual awareness in this day and age and we do not communicate on that level with our loved ones enough in that way and again thank you to my divine feminine sibling dem chakras for being my spiritual partner and always taking up the responsibilities of upholding and holding accountable well holding her brother accountable that has been um a tremendous addition to this process of podcasting and just my relationships in general. So um, I'm super, super appreciative of my sister and I love her to death. So give them your information so they can follow up with you if they just so happen to choose to and to find your amazing podcast that I believe is one of the best podcasts coming from a woman of color. So um, give them your social media information. That means a whole hell of a lot coming from you. <laughs> No, it um, don't. I tell you that shit all the time. <laughs> um, you can follow the podcast. You can follow uh, the Instagram and Twitter page at D E M C H A K R A S. It's all the same. 
Um, and then we recently dropped merch recently. Um, yes, we did. Yeah. So that's the link in the bios of all those pages. Cause the link is too long to, um, to disclose and make sure you follow me over for more ratchet than you do righteous over at best friends talking shit. Um, cause Kiera for sure. For sure. Okay. Shouts out to Kiara. You know, she does her thing over there with best friends talking shit as well. So, um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy what my sister does with her podcast. I actually am trying to get her to convince, you know, well, I'm trying to convince her to let me be her manager because I want to, um, work on her shit more than I want to work on my own, to be honest. <laughs> because I swear to God, I'd be wanting to quit my own podcast every day. Because I just really believe that, like, the process for me to create these type of things um, is so difficult because I think on just the process it takes me. But then to hear what my sister took from what I put together for myself and turned it completely around to such a positive and profound message for those that listen to me for these reasons um i i start to realize that my process is a blessing it is you know so um shouts out to her again for all of the magic that she just sprinkled all over this episode and that is concluding episode 23 or 24 whichever one it is i don't know but it concludes the episode of change the subject and i will see you guys again in a few weeks peace and blessings everybody talk to you guys soon